As he tweeted out at Jumbo Heart, I and only me should be on the Harbor One. Well, he meant to say, I think Hotline, but went Heartline. Oh, the oh. Harbor One Heartline. Look at that. Heartline. Get I know it? you're making jokes. We get it. Jesus. Andy Hart of WEEI.com, Aggression Foyer. There he uh, is. Let's uh, start with this. Foyer admitted to having had 35 surgeries. We set a number. Are you over or under three surgeries in your life? Over. And I heard the little shot that uh, the <laughs> yeah. bully took. What are you talking about? He is Tall. a big meanie. What are you talking No, there's not a bigger Tall. bully, okay, than Tall Andy Hart. Of a bully. That's Andy's the biggest bully in the building. Yeah, Easily, four. when it comes to when it comes to like, if you're gonna line him up, who's the biggest bully? It's Andy. He's bullied me many. Absolutely. He's bullied me many times on yep. food takes. That is true. I do bully you on food takes, but he, it's just he, he gets real loud. He gets defensive. <laughs> he gets all up in your face. He needs a step stool, but he gets in your face. <laughs> and you're not That's even actually a good line. And you're not even wearing a ref's shirt. <laughs> imagine I if know, you had right? a imagine if you had a referee's uh, uniform on. Oh yeah, they're Jeez. getting worse. Couple weeks into the spring season, they're oh, here we oh, go. Oh, no question, no question. Uh, they 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 would never give Hart a handicap placard because his card be too close. He'd be giving those people the business <laughs> as they're in the uh, parking lot there. So Hart, I know that we've gone kind of round and round of you know like DeAndre Hopkins get this wide receiver draft somebody da da da. I find it interesting that we're now what two weeks before the draft. Yep. And it feels like there is really no market for DeAndre Hopkins right now. You got uh, the folks out in Arizona who are thinking, hey, maybe we even need to move off the number three pick. I know Todd McShay's latest mock had the Patriots sliding down a couple of spots, getting an extra third. If you throw a three and a four at Arizona or even a three at Arizona to try to get Hopkins – is now the time for the Patriots to maybe strike now that it looks like the whole thing is cratered on the Cardinals? Well, we have sort of the unanswered questions that we've had for a while now. First and foremost is the Billy O'Brien thing. Mm -hmm. Do they hate each other? Do they not hate each other? I don't know. It's been sort of reported in both directions. I do not have really any idea. My guess is Billy O'Brien would be okay saying water under the bridge, but he's not the aggrieved person in this relationship, right? right? Like. That the the guy who was sent packing, who was reportedly compared to Aaron Hernandez by Bill O'Brien and the Texans, was DeAndre Hopkins. To me, that's probably uh, tough to recover from if you're that person, DeAndre Hopkins. And then we have this, wasn't it, uh, what's that famous uh, phrase that I probably should take more Latin if I'm going to use it, fait accompli, that he was going to the Bills? Fait accompli, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Adam Pacman Jones basically made it sound like he was going to the Bills. He's working out with... Uh, with Von Miller, and he wants to be there, and it makes a lot of sense on paper. Trusted source of Florio, Pac-Man yeah. Jones. <laughs> yes. So, and those sources, hey, they entertain us. They provide us content and talking points and discussion points for days and weeks at a time. I, I haven't moved from where I was a while ago. I, I don't really see the point. I don't really think he turns you into what you want to be. You're going to have to pay a lot of money. You're giving up in your scenario multiple mid-round picks in a draft where maybe you can get um dip into the depth at tight end right and get your tight end of the future uh with one of those picks instead you're spending it on a wide receiver who might have a year or two left at a high level don't get me wrong at a high level so i i'm still not in love with the deandre hopkins thing like other people see okay so i andy hart i am 
Because okay. I, don't, I don't know the last time the last time you actually I know you know the roster from you know top to bottom, but when was yes. the last time you actually like you know just looked at it for you know and all the positions? Because we did this yesterday, right? We took all the positions, offensive, defensively, and, and we both kind of agree it's a, it's a solid core, mm-hmm. right? I don't know how you feel about it, and I, and I feel like there's it's still a little light on, on both sides of the ball. I still feel like they could use one guy, but not from the draft. So I'm curious on how you feel about it as we move into the draft. Well, I I agree with your setup. I think this roster has a lot of good and pretty good players. I think it's a pretty deep roster. I think there's a lot of talented guys. I think they need tentpole players, and I think they need long-term tentpole players that you build around. I think that is what they're lacking at cornerback, unless maybe you believe Jack Jones is that guy. That's why I, I thought... The, the Mel Kuyper mock draft yesterday with Christian Gonzalez at the 14th pick was a home run. I think Christian Gonzalez is going to be a stud in the NFL. There's your number one corner. I think he changes the defense. You marry that up with your pass rush and with Kyle Duggar and some of the other guys you have. I think you could change and, and move Jack Jones now to a number two cornerback role. I think that would be a stud draft pick for them. And I do believe they still need the go-to playmaker on offense. I just want it to be the guy that you're aligned with for the next five years minimum. But that's through the draft then, yes. right? I yes. mean, so And why th- can't you do that? No, no, you can, but I think there's a, a, a little bit of a, you know, a unknown there. It's high, and a heightened sense of urgency to kind of get right. And if you're a 10-win team and be like, well, but we got Zay Flowers. I wonder if Mr. Kraft looks at that and goes, yeah, great. He'll be awesome in two years. Oh, you don't think if, let's just use the Jets as an example, and my scenario, just paint it out. They got Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, right, last Mm -hmm. year? Mm -hmm. Maybe the best offensive and defensive rookie. You don't think if the Patriots are able to do that. In my dream scenario, we just recorded a Six Rings pod with Fitzy, and I think the way things have unfolded this week between Jim Nagy saying, you know, the NFL doesn't agree with the media, and there's really only first one first-round wide receiver. If you mar- so, so you're telling me I could get Zay Jones either late in the first or early in the second round? Excuse me, Zay Flowers. I do that a lot. Zay I know, Flowers. I do too. Uh, I can get Zay Flowers maybe in the second round, and Mel Kuyper telling me I can get Christian Gonzalez in the first round? You think if they have a really good rookie year, Robert's not going to be ecstatic? I think he would be ecstatic to have that kind of talent like the Jets are dealing with right now with Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson. So you nail those two picks, and I think Robert would be more than happy to let people continue to move forward with their jobs and their roles and the momentum that you're building. Hell, I'm more worried about who's going to be picking a 13 in front of the Patriots now as the Jets, supposedly with all this leverage, still can't get a deal done with Green Bay. It is a weird situation, and I do believe they have all the leverage. I don't I mean, where Who, the Jets is, or Green Bay? The Jets. I, I can't see Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay. Green Bay has no leverage here. They have moved on <clears throat> in in mind. Well, they and, have the player. Talk. Yeah, I know. That's the problem. That's the problem. That's not the like. That's a problem for them. They still have the player. He's still on their books. He's still on their roster, and they don't want him there. He doesn't want to be there. We know where he wants to be. So I, I don't think the the Packers have any leverage right now. They just need to. What is it? Cut bait? Oh, I or fish? Couldn't disagree fish or more, cut bait? Oh, well, you can counter if you want. Yeah, no, it's your show. I mean, no, but it's I, 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 you're the first name. I got uh, I got you Friday Monday. I'm sure soon enough, and we'll be able oh, to true. to quibble all over this. But no, I think because uh, if Green Bay wants to say no, we're not going to blink for Rodgers, and we're not going to blink for the Jets. 
You so give us what do? we want. What are they going to do? Slay him? Yeah, I thought they were playing Jordan Love. They were moving on. That's what they say. But come on oh, now. Oh, so they're going to play a guy who doesn't want to be there. And what is he going to look like? Well, a pouty McPout Pout. Yeah. Sulky so, McSulks like 2.0. Did you see Tom Brady when he was the most miserable quarterback in history at 8-0? Yeah. Rodgers will be that times 100. Aaron Rodgers has been miserable for four years. What's the difference? Not this way. Not this uh, way. He's a miserable human being. They've been living with that for a while. They're not. Oh. They can't hand him over. That's the thing. The Jets well, are trying to. to the Jet, they don't have to, again, because Green Bay's got to eat part of the money to make it work for the Jets. Let's just eat all the money if he that, doesn't go. Well, that to me is that's why Green Bay has all the leverage here because they can say wow. the Jets no acquire him and give us thirteen. See, I wish the Jets would just say screw it and just go get a different quarterback. Well, me go too. pay Lamar you know Jackson and, me then, too. and then really see. Hey, you wanted to gamble? See, now, congratulations. But, but you know what? But again, the Jets in there. What are the three Ds of uh, of uh, Christian Dumb, Fourier? and desperate. Right? Oh, let's go sign Alan Lazard. Let's go make public statements on WFAN that, oh, the guy's going to be here. You're telling Green Bay, hey, listen, we'll blink eventually by all the stuff that we've been saying out there. Like, if I'm Brian Gutekunst, the, the GM in Green Bay, and I heard, and I like Joe Douglas, and I heard dopey Joe Douglas be like, oh, yeah, Aaron will be here. Thanks. You put that out there. 13th pick. You don't want to give it to me? Whiz off. Why isn't he dopey Mark Murphy who said, you know, p- spoke in the past tense about Aaron Rodgers? They've already moved. They've said dumbass things in Green Bay, too. I think both teams have porked this. I think this has been terribly mishandled publicly. This is uh, example 10 million of why Belichick does everything quietly behind the scenes. And when he is done, the deal is actually done because you can get into these debacles. But I just don't see any way Green Bay can go back on it. It's interesting. When you said this is why Belichick, I thought you were going to say hard this is why Belichick makes a move a year early than a year late. Because we can go back to last year whenever Green Bay caved to Rodgers and gave him the contract, Dumb. which has now become the problem. If they had done the year early and taken the Belichick rule, they wouldn't be in this spot. They would have been able to maximize the asset, and they wouldn't have to eat $60 million this year to get rid of the guy. So if, so if the Jets are making all these moves, actually they've already made these moves to kind of you know, uh, uh, you know make their offense better, um, your thoughts on Odell Beckham Jr. signing with the Ravens, and and is this a sign that Lamar Jackson isn't too far from signing with them? Uh, sort of. I don't think just the signing is the sign. I think the so the FaceTime social media Lamar and OBJ afterwards is the sign because on its own, fifteen million dollars guaranteed and the potential to get eighteen million for OBJ to me is ridiculous. I think he took the bag. Right. Like oh, absolutely. This, so uh, that in and of itself, I wouldn't say, oh, he knows Lamar is playing there. No, he wanted to save face and he wanted to get paid. He wanted to get near the number he was looking for. And they approached it when probably I can't imagine anyone else was in the bidding to get fifteen million dollars guaranteed. But then he's immediately FaceTiming and they're putting it on social media, the little picture in picture of him and Lamar. That tells me they're planning on playing with each other. I don't know why. Either party would be a party to that if you weren't actually planning on playing each other this year. Uh, any other draft buzz that is interesting you? Whether it's another team, whether it's the Patriots, whatever it is, is there anything that you're like, oh, this is worth watching for two weeks? Well, the Patriots being involved with high-end prospects, high-end prospects that may not make it 
to 14. And you talked about the Cardinals pick where it's like, oh, these teams are interested, but there's other teams not reported who may also be interested. Anytime someone's not reported who's interested, don't we automatically think Bill is is potentially that person? Like because that you can't say anything, <laughs> right? You can't talk. They're all they make agents and other GMs promise never to say a word. So I always think they could be sniffing around. And, you know, some of these visits they've had with guys like the the Texas Tech pass rusher who's not getting out of, you know, the top five to seven picks in the draft. Well, the only reason you'd be meeting with him theoretically would be you're thinking about maybe trading up, being in position to get him. And the flip side of that for me is if they ever considered a trade into the top five, don't you think it has to be for a quarterback? Can you tr- give up that much? Give up multiple first-round picks to move from 14 to 5 or to 3? Maybe three first-round picks to get anything other than a quarterback? I, I can't, with the way their roster is built, I can't imagine they go up there to get a pass rusher or a cornerback. To me, that's the most intriguing rumblings and rumors. Could they trade up to get, say, Anthony Richardson at 3, 4, or 5? Because oh, that would be the biggest story if, of the draft. If they take that guy, Bill's really lost Well, it. he's going to sit him for a year and a half to possibly yeah. two years until oh, he catches man. up. But real quickly, though, because... Oh, that, to, that'd be great. So we're talking to, th- that would be interesting. We're talking Sorry. to Andy Hart. Andy, it'd be fun. Um, I don't know if you... I don't know if you've tracked this in the past or not, but are there any clues or any information you can gather from rookies that come in and take a visit with the Patriots? So guys right now, there are, there are, each team is allowed, what, 30-something visits or something like yep, that? 30, top Okay, 30s. so do you, can you draw any correlation between guys that visit in Foxborough as a, as an, as a clue to who they're going to draft? No, because they've done it all over the years. There's... I think the Nate Solder one was the famous, like, they had no contact with him until I think Scar flew out the night before the draft and met with him and worked him out, literally like the Wednesday night, or I don't even know when the draft was back then. So that was an example they've had guys they've met with. I also would counter that with a question, who is sort of overseeing the draft? Like, we think Bill is still, at the very least, at the head of the table. but is grow? I don't know. Matt Groh was very vocal last year. And well, he's Matt the one Groh, that's going to speak on Tuesday, right? Next week. He'll be talking to us. But we were talking about this last night, Phil Perry and I, like when they had a couple years ago, Dave Ziegler was basically that guy kind of alongside Bill, if not running the draft, the collaboration, whatever. Remember, they were big schools. It was like Alabama, Alabama, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Like it was all big school prospects. Captains. And So there are certain, to me, there are certain um, factors each year, but I need to know who is most directly tied to that. Is it Bill? Did Bill decide that one year? Yeah, we want all, because there were some people that said the two Oklahoma picks were Steve Belichick's, Ronnie Perkins, oh, that's his pick out there. I don't know. So you need to know kind of who has the loudest voice or who some of the loudest voices in the war room are. Are, but your bigger question over the 20 plus years, let's say the last 25 years, as Bill likes to call it, uh, they've done it all. They've been heavily interested in a guy and taken the guy. They've showed limited interest in the guy and taken the guy and pretty much everything in between. Uh, you <laughs> mentioned so there's literally <laughs> no, no, no real pattern. philosophy. No, there yeah, is no, no pattern. No you pattern. can't gauge You can't track nope. them based nope. on their just... Think, think about this, okay? If we go all the way back to the second draft of Belichick, that was the Richard Seymour deal. Yep. Wouldn't we now, if Bill Belichick had the number six overall pick, wouldn't we all be sitting here going, oh, he's bailing on that? Yeah, but like it, it may or may not be true. This no, year he may be moving up. That's why I... No, but to any- the point, like, that's the thing. Like, it, he started it with a... You would never consider moving out from number six. 
And now it's been so all over the place. Half or some would be like, oh, yeah, he's going to bail out of that. Some would be, no, look at the value he can get there. Hard, you mentioned trading up. If they gave up their second-round pick, they could go right up to seven where the Raiders are if they wanted to. And he's done it all, right? The Gerard Mayo pick, they started at, I think, seven. Trade down, trade down, get him at ten. Or the Ty Warren pick. Remember the Ty Warren pick where there was a run on defensive tackles? They needed a defensive tackle, so they traded up like one or two spots from maybe 14 to 12, 13, to somewhere in there to get like the fifth defensive tackle. That feels like something Bill wouldn't do. If there's a run on guys, he's not just going to jump up and get the last guy. He'll look elsewhere, right? He looks left when everybody else looks right. He has done everything. Trades up for Hightower. Trades up for Jones. Trades down for this guy. Like, he stayed put for so what is so what is the there's got to be some sort of method to it right there's got to be some sort of practical value. method to it right it's so all value because that's such a vague either, word I know but there is value versus need and I would say yes. he leans towards value oh I would say he leans toward need I think he I, leans toward need yeah I think so too in part because of all of the drafting of guys at positions where you have someone who's entering the final year of their deal or about to go get big money. Yep. But I do think it is, and and you know, there's reaching for need, and then there's understanding your needs and where you need to be in the draft to get them. Hart, you had mentioned that if they're in the tight end market, then you want to be in the third round this year. Then maybe 77 isn't up for auction if they really like a tight end that they can bring in. To me, the real trick of the draft is understanding where to be to be able to get the guys to match the need that you have. And value is always going to be in the eye of the purchaser, right? Whether it's a home or whatever. Like you, dis- you, you don't get to say what the market is paying, right? They're going to ask you, you want it for this price? Oh, that guy will take it for this price. If you don't want it, you're out. That's fine. It's nothing personal. It's just business. So that perception of value, hell, we dealt with it last year. Apparently, the Los Angeles Rams and the New England Patriots did not value Cole Strange the same way, right? The Rams laughed at the draft pick Bill Belichick made. I don't know. What's going to play out moving forward? I don't know who's going to be right. Maybe he's the next Logan Mankins, and we're voting for him for the Patriots Hall of Fame in 15 years. But there was a massive difference in valuation a year ago with two NFL franchises right there, and I think that happens just endlessly. Basically, every pick in the draft. Remember the the Carpenter pick? The James Carpenter, the guard out of uh, guard tackle out of Alabama, where he went in the first round, I think, to Seattle, and they caught Nick Saban on video going, in the first round? Like yeah. He was stunned his own player <laughs> yeah. was going in the first. So the value interpretation is where the vagaries of the draft come together. Just like the value you've gotten out of that hat that's uh, commented. People in the Twitch chat are commenting it. on it. You've had that one for a while, huh? Oh, yeah, must be time to get the boat sweat. out. The boat must be out right now. It's going to be hot this, this week, uh, right? It's not out, but I moved it, and I'm taking the cover off this afternoon. We're going to start the dewinterization, the summarization mm. process. Mm. Let's go. How do you take that big wrap off of there? That's not reusable, Skip right? Like a, or is that oh, no, I have a cover. A knife. I bu- I, oh, I'm, you have a cover cover? Yeah, I bought a cover because that wrap is stupid expensive. Talk oh, about inflation. Okay. Oh, my God. That, like, tripled in price during the pandemic. They vacuum no seal your boat for you, right? Well, not anymore. No, that's, that's, but that's the wrap yes. you're talking about when yeah, you yeah. get the white cover. Yeah. Bad for the environment, too. Really? I recycle. You can't just I reuse burn my it? cover. 
Oh, I, I reuse my cover, not because I'm cheap. Uh, well, that's a little bit. I'm frugal. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm a, smart. We just talk about value. That it's is all true. About value, getting value out of something. You're all about the you and Rich Keefe, all about value. <laughs> uh, all right, there we go. There goes our buddy Andy Harders with us each and every Wednesday at uh, 1220, and he'll be in for Christian on, uh, what, next uh, Friday and then that's the right, Monday Friday after Monday, that. Yep. So, uh, wow, a lot of time off. We'll see you Wednesday there, friendo. You getting more hair? I did. I already did. So are you getting more here did. next week? Yeah, I think I'm done. I think I'm done for a chest. while. Who wants What's chest up? hair? Huh? It, it's you. A sign you of probably. You. You probably have chest hair. It's a sign. Wait. Gross. Did you just gross. roll out? It's a sign of virility yeah. and masculinity. Yeah. You could just yep. be hairy. Yeah. That's he's, true too. Yeah. I'm just telling you what he, I think. See, he's That's how I he, sell it. You can tell he's hairy because he'll shave on like a like a Wednesday morning, and then it'll all be back uh, Thursday afternoon. You know what he yeah. just did to you? He just sneaky bullied you. I told you he's because a bully. when you when he you when, when you denounced chest hair, and he was I like, know. "Oh, it's a sign of virility." Yeah. Well, but Fourier also has no chest hair and a boatload of kids, so. <laughs> Maybe no chest hair is actually the virility. All right, that actually is fair enough. All right, Hart. We'll see you, buddy. There you go. See you guys. Andy Hart at uh, readhim at weei.com.